The answer to Stephen's <laughs> top three is number three, Incredibles. Number two uh, is a little bit tricky. I'm going to go with um, I don't know. <laughs> Valerie, thanks for coming on. By the way, oh, I'm yeah. just gonna start with it. This is <laughs> I've I've I don't think I've ever been more excited. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And for our listeners, uh, we have another voice on the podcast this week. This is Valerie Scheiber. Is that your last name? Yep, that's it. Yes, we're so glad you have joined us. We are having uh, Valerie on because you are or have been an animator. In some yep. feature films. I sure have. It's like a real thing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to spend the episode talking about that because this is so Nate is an artist. I don't know if you've seen his stuff. He's a chalk artist, an artist mm-hmm. extraordinaire. And I lead a team for some video production here. Jared, which I believe is your brother in law. Yes, he is. Yes, he's uh, on the team. But when it comes to animation, I've, only, I've seen like a Pixar documentary and that's about it. And so mm-hmm. I don't know the ins and outs. So I find it extremely interesting. Nate, did you, you've not had experience with it either, right? No, not really. Just, you know, when the first DVDs came out and they all had those special features on them, that was my, Mm -hmm. I need to see how all of these scenes are made (laughs) and like, give me that half screen where half of it's the green screen and then like the layered on effects after that. Yeah. I could watch those all day. And I was super excited all of this about every bit of this until I just watched a life after pie documentary of the rhythm and Hughes uh, ending. And then I got really sad and now we started recording. So that wasn't the greatest (laughs) move. It is. Yeah, that was, I was around. I I, uh, actually switched out of rhythm and Hughes right before that came out. Okay. I was at the tail end of that in Vancouver. Valerie, can you tell us, I'd like to hear about, kind of your journey a little bit maybe the earliest memory you have or when you realized you might want to go into animation or get passionate about it and what was your kind of arc actually into the field well i've always loved art and drawing and um i love little mermaid that movie's like my jam Mm -hmm. i love that one and as a kid i would sit and i would like listen to it on repeat and i would like draw ariel but it didn't i was little i was doing it for fun because i loved it i wasn't like thinking oh this could be a career i mean i was little you know and then in high school i still loved it i saw veggie tales and i thought it was just so cute i'm like wow these like they make these like vegetables have personality and that's so cool and i was i thought it was so fun to watch and i remember one time you were talking about like the behind the scenes stuff there was one of the videos that had like a behind the scenes animation thing and they were talking about the different parts of production and what stood out to me was animation i'm like that's a job like people can do that and I'm like, I want to do that. I was probably like 17 and I was like, but I don't have any experience. Of course I was 17. You know, I was like, Oh, but you probably need to have like all these art classes under your belt. I've always, like I said, I appreciated art, but, and I like doing it. I just wasn't like, I don't know, taking any of the art classes in high school or anything like that. But yeah, I decided I was just going to go for it in college. I'm like, well, I'll just see. Cause it looks really fun. I love, I love story. I love characters and art. And I was also really interested in psychology, which kind of can play into animation when you're doing like Mm. trying to figure out how the character should act. So it kind of combined everything that I was interested in. So I went into uh, I went to college for it. I went to UCF and I did um, I majored in it. Just everything. I kept going through the steps like I took art classes and then I got into this major. And in that I learned all the different parts of production. 
that go into making animation. Um, and so I got a little broad strokes over everything and I still loved animation. So, you know, cause there's like a lighting department. There's so many different uh, parts that go into it that I didn't even realize before um, going into animation and doing that major. But there's like, you know, the, the department that models the characters and then makes it so that you can animate it. They rig it up and the lighting and textures and environments. and but yeah, I came out still loving animation. Um, I did like an online animation program through a school called Animation Mentor, and um, it's 18 months, and it just solely focused on animation, where I learned a lot. So I had like an idea going in, and then I learned a ton through there, and really focused strictly on animation, and that's like learning how character moves, all the principles, and then also acting, because that's a big thing I didn't really, you know, you might not necessarily think about. Right. So I did that. I was pretty fortunate that after I graduated from that program, I got uh, an apprenticeship at Rhythm and Hughes, which is the studio we were talking about earlier. And I got into that and I worked for four weeks on my first movie, Hop, which, you know, it's kind of a goofy movie. It's silly, but it was fun. And uh, I, after the four weeks were up, they told me that they wanted to hire me on for that project. From there, I just was able to, I kept going. I did some more. I worked on... Um, uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins, hmm. uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks 3, R.I.P.D., Snow White and the Huntsman. That was a big one. And then I went over to Blue Sky and I worked on Epic and I worked on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the second one. I've worked on a lot of sequels. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I worked on, after that, I went back to Blue Sky. I worked on um, Rio 2, oh. X-Men Days of Future Past, and Ratchet and Clank, and then Hotel Transylvania 2. And then I kind of switched gears, still doing animation, and I went into um, like augmented reality, and and I worked on some stuff with that. Uh, I worked on some games, so that's been new. I've been able, it's been cool. So I've been able to like try a whole bunch of different things. Um, the last game I worked on was Anthem that came out. That's exciting. So I have so many questions about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I am so curious as an animator, what it actually looks like when you are working on a scene like what is is there a process to where you know you get some request in the email or like someone comes and stands over your shoulder to talk about a scene like what is the actual doing the work look like when you're an animator so what would happen is um like a lead or a supervisor person would come and tell me okay you've been you this is the shot that you've been assigned uh and you would find out like what characters are in it what is happening in the shot like what the motivation is, and you would say, I'm trying to think if I can give you a ex uh, specific example. Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, okay. <laughs> it's Nate's favorite X-Men movie, so. <laughs> For example. <laughs> yeah, so I had a shot I, I had a shot where the Sentinel was shooting into the crowd. Mm. So I had to know, like, what came before it. So with the Sentinels, it's a little different because they're robots, so I had to make sure... I'm animating them like a robot and there's not too much thought process behind that, which was mm. actually, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I thought it was kind of funny. Please go on. Uh, it. Yes. <laughs> That's, all of our podcast is a tangent. So you're fitting right in. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I, I had gone from Rio 2, which is like very heavily, like very much character animation and everything's like motivation, what the character's thinking and um, snappy kind of style. So, so it's, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's very much like yeah, yeah, snappy and cartoony and all that. Then the next one I went on right after was Days of Future Past, which is very realistic. <laughs> and it's like, right. um, you know, it's just a whole different style. It has to blend in with 
real people, so then it has to move realistically. And I was working a lot on the old Sentinels, like from from the past. So my first shot I had was um, a Sentinel, and he was like getting up, and he was gonna start shooting people. So I had him animating it. And I like did a pass. You first do like rough passes and then you refine it as you go. So my first rough pass, I had him kind of getting up and he was moving a little bit too exaggerated. And I had him looking around and my, my supervisor goes, yeah, this is great. But this is a lot more like blue sky, like robots. And this, I don't know if you've seen that movie from way back when, but yes. it was just like... He's, Ewan McGregor is a voice on that yeah, one. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like, you're making him think too much and it's cool, but you have to make sure that he looks more like a real robot in the real world. I'm like, oh yeah. So it took me a second to switch gears into the realistic mm. part. So you were giving them too much personality. I was at first. Yeah, the first pass. He was like, you gotta <laughs> make them uh, a little bit more realistic. I'm like, okay, I got it. And what software are you using in the moment? Primarily Maya. Mm. Actually, the oh. only, so Maya, I don't know if you've, it, you can do all sorts of things in that for 3D work. The only studio that I worked at that didn't use Maya was Rhythm and Hughes, and they had their own proprietary software, hmm. which was, I, I loved it. And so it it was a little bit of a gear switch, but was switching between that and Maya, but pretty much just a tool. And as long as you understand the principles, it's going, you know, just applying that. Yeah. So back to what, I'm sorry, back to what I was saying before. Yeah, yeah. You, so you're kicked off. So you get like the shot, the scene that you're working on, and the, director or supervisor will tell you like this is what's happening this is what happened before and this is what happens after and then you can go and usually you can watch like storyboards to see kind of what they've laid out after doing that i would for most shows i would record reference of myself acting it out so i can kind of get an idea of quickly of like what i want to do in it um or like how i might move i'd probably do some quick sketches like basically like stick people type quick sketches trying to figure out like the beats that i want to hit like the mm -hmm. main acting beats that I'd want to hit in the shot and then maybe discuss that with my supervisor, my idea, and they would either buy off on it or not. Um, if they give me a note, then I address that. Um, and then you go and you do your first pass, which is just like the main poses in, in inside of Maya. So you get the rig, the model that you're working on, and then you just kind of put the main ideas, like broad strokes. And as you go, you refine it more and you keep showing it to the director or to your supervisor and um, get feedback and then incorporate that. Two questions from that. One is the the time period that you get, that little segment, Is it, are we talking like two seconds long or like 20 seconds long or does it all depend? It depends. Uh, you can get a quick shot that's like two seconds, which would be an animation that's 24 frames a second for a film. So you have to have 24, you know, it'd be what, 48 frames if it was two seconds. Right. And then in games, it's been 30. And VR, I've, I've worked in 30. But um, it could be longer. And then it just depends on the com the complexity of the shot as to how much time they'll bid out and how many characters. If you have, like, a quick scene, a quick shot that's, like, two seconds long with one character, you might get a couple days to work on that. You know, it just depends. Um, if you have, like, a long shot. I, ha I had a shot in uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks 3, and I had two characters that were doing all this dancing in the rain and then they're background characters and I got I think three weeks to work on that so it can vary wow. or, or it can even be longer it just depends so when you like taking the scene from x-men again mm -hmm. obviously you've not seen the movie because the movie doesn't exist yet so do you get context of story or do you get to see other scenes from it or do you really just animate in the box of the seconds you're working on yeah, so um, with X-Men specifically, 
that one was really cool for me because they had the script available beforehand. So I just took some time and read through the script, which I thought was pretty mm. fun. That, uh, so I got to see that. But then usually with places, if like uh, with X-Men Days of Future Past, there were a few different studios working on it at the time. So I could go through the scenes and the shots that we had uh, at the company I was working at, kind of see what was going on. And usually within, if you're working on a shot, you usually have the entire scene there. So you can kind of like watch through it to mm. get an idea of continuity and see what other people are also working on. So when, like you spoke a second ago about you were animating the robot and the director kind of said like, not so much that, more like this. Yeah. Did you, how, like how much actual creative input do you get as an animator? Or is it really just executing what you're instructed and how the directors see fit? Ultimately, it's the director's whole vision. So you kind of want to make sure mm -hmm. that what you're doing, you, you have to make sure what you're doing is in the director's vision. But um, within that, you can come up with some, like if you have an idea for how a, a character might act or like a movement, how it might go, you can always pitch it or you can do it. And if the director likes it, then they'll be like, cool, yeah, awesome. And they might even like push it further. Like for instance, on Hotel Transylvania, if I did a, I did like a pose for one of my shots that I was working on and he's like, that's really cool, but let, let's make it even more that way. So like I had to bend the character even more exaggeratedly to kind of go with that, with what he was saying to make it even better. But he was using the idea that I had come up with. It could kind of go both ways, but ultimately um, you have to kind of work with what the director wants because it's his, his or her version. Staying with the X-Men example, outside that, one sentinel scene did you work on anything else of that movie or was that it oh i had um i had several sentinel scenes uh, i'm thinking back because it was kind of a while ago yeah <laughs> but, about five just five years ago yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like forever ago um but yeah i had i had one where he's like up in the sky and he's shooting down there's one where um they were all standing they were standing like up on a stage and then they started mm -hmm. to move and started to fly because they were coming alive at that point. I had several different ones. I did, but my favorite one was the one where he was like up in the sky and like shooting down at everyone. <laughs> Sounds so morbid. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, the mass murder scene, you know. That, yeah, that's, that's my favorite my... one. <laughs> do you get a sketch of what they look like or do you create parts of the look what do you receive and then like how far do you take it as far as the appearance of the characters yeah as far as the appearance i don't really have much say in the way they look they that's a whole other apartment who does the you know the design of the characters and then building them you know it's interesting because there are shows where like uh, hotel transylvania 2 or rio 2 where the characters you want to keep them on model which means like keeping them, keeping the look the same and consistent throughout. So mm. it, it's easy to kind of exaggerate features or make a character have a certain expression that all of a sudden you're looking at them and you're like, I just don't, that doesn't feel right. So you have to make sure as an animator to keep the character on model within like what that character would actually do or expressions they would make or things like that. With like Hotel Transylvania 2, um, you would get the model in and the movie ha had progressed, like they had changed the look kind of from like the original design. So we would get the character in our file, in our file on the computer, and we would automatically have to scale the 
head up a little bit and we have to scale the eyes up a little bit and then all of a sudden you're like okay that looks like drac whereas before when you get a man you're like this is something just a little bit off <laughs> oh yeah that's not always but with that movie it was since you've worked on a few sequels the rio 2 cloudy the chance of meatballs 2 hotel transylvania 2 are you also like looking back at the original movies to see how the characters are mo like moving are you doing research in that or is each new movie like a we're not necessarily holding to that first one as like exactly what the characters look like or how they move yeah no definitely looking back on okay. on what they've done before because that's like all that information that you already can you can take in and have that in your head and then, you know, the director or supervisor might have an idea to go a different way, or maybe things have kind of evolved a little bit since that movie, and you have to take those just like modeling or, or keeping things on model type of things into consideration. But yeah, definitely. And we're going to get to this later as far as these, the movies that you've worked on. But let me just say, Hotel Transylvania franchise a sneaky, very funny franchise. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> super cute. It's super cute. Was there ever a situation when you did an animation and you finished it, sent it off, and you found that when you actually saw the final movie, maybe it was changed or not exactly what you had done? I'm trying to think if that happened. I know that I've had shots cut before, and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, that. And you don't know until the movie comes out. Was this super sad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that man. happened to me quite a bit, actually, and when I worked on RIPD. I was like, man, I did all this work. It's not in there. But, you know, they have to make it work, and they have to recut the movie sometimes, and it happens. They definitely found a critical success in their hands in RIPD, so... Obviously, they, they knew what they, they were doing. They, they made it work. So, all right, fine. I'll give them that one. But you, but you don't get notified if that happens. You just see the final product and your stuff is missing. You know, it depends. On that movie, that's what happened. Uh, sometimes there have been shot. There have been shots where I worked on and I'm working on them. They're like, "Uh, sorry to tell you this, but we cut the shot." And so that happens. Yeah. You know, it's just part of the job. Mm. <laughs> yeah, everyone says, you know. Don't get too attached to your work because, you know, things, mm. first of all, will change or the director will change it sometimes or sometimes it gets cut. So you have to be able to be flexible with that and not take it too hard. <laughs> that would be hard after a week of work. <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing with Nate, Nate and I have talked about the ephemeral nature of chalk art mm -hmm. because a lot of what Nate does is chalk art that so cool. is just washes away. Like it doesn't, it doesn't last for a while. But Nate, do you still hold that you like that well, idea that i think of... having a shot cut would be akin to me finishing the art at 8 p.m and then someone coming out at midnight and power washing it before the next <laughs> okay. day so no one really sees it finished yeah. okay fair fair enough, fair enough yeah that's a good comparison you like the natural elements to uh, remove it at their way yeah <laughs> you got yeah. it yeah some people see it first yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah what did you enjoy about the work and what was tough about it i mean i always love like a good character acting piece and like getting to put myself in that position and try to be like, okay, well, how would this character be feeling and how would that look? Trying to kind of convey that or if I can, I mean, I like trying to do some things that are like funny if the scene calls for it, of course, but like, I, I just love the, I love the character acting aspect of animation. It's definitely my favorite. I would say the tough parts are, <laughs> are like the parts, like I was saying, like getting your shots cut and things that you have to deal with, like, or change if you, don't get too attached to your work. But sometimes it happens and then it changes and you're like, oh, but I just really liked it how it was. Yeah. But you have to keep going forward because it 
director's project and you have to make it work within the context of the entire movie, you know? So that's the hard part. <laughs> I know this uh, is very well known in like the video game industry. I'm not sure as far as the, mo- the movie industry, you can let me know, but I know that people have to work like at times crazy hours and there's been a lot of controversy about the working conditions. Oh yes. Did you run across any of that w- work- working on movies? Oh, absolutely. Definitely long, long hours. That's another part that is tough. You know, there are times where I worked, I remember working a couple like 15 to 17 hour days in a row just to get things done, you know, because you got to make the deadline and the movie's going to be out soon. And that's tough. (laughs) It's hard, (laughs) but um, it's rewarding to see the movie and the the final product and see how everyone's worked to came together. I really like that part. But yeah, the the long hours are, are definitely tough. How close to the movie's release would you be working sometimes? So animation's a little, like, it's not the last step in the whole pipeline. So I don't know. I'm trying to think exactly. So if I finished, I finished working on Hotel Transylvania. That was the latest movie I worked on. So it's like the freshest in my mind, like July, August. And the movie came out late September. Hmm. That's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That seems close. Close. It's not the last week, but. You're right. <laughs> I finished maybe like two months or so before it came out. Did you ever look for your own name in the credits? I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that would be the coolest part is yeah. you're just sitting there and I would like I assume you at some point in time watched it with family or friends. Oh yeah. And it's just like a hey Yeah. There she is. <laughs> it was such a cool like the first time I I saw my name in the credits, it was just like, Wow, like it's there. I can't believe it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we saw it was a group of friends and me we all who all worked on Hop, um, and it was our first movies. We all went out to go see it and like my friend came and we were just sort of watching it we're like, because I remember being I remember just being one you know, before I got into animation one day my name's going to be up there. That's awesome. And, and then to actually see it up there, I'm like, wow. Like, it's just the coolest feeling. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> but yeah, I always look for names. And I still, even though I'm not working on films um, right now, I will I always stay to the end and look for friends' names or kind of see who if I recognize any names. I, I always mm. stay for the whole credits. <laughs> is, it a, is it a camaraderie forming type of industry where you – kind of like other animators encourage each other and it's kind of like a healthy atmosphere or is it a little more cutthroat and like his skill level? It can be both. But um, I, I mean, some of my closest friendships I've gotten from being in the animation industry, like I'm, you know, I have some amazing friends from that. It can be tough. People can like, it can be kind of tricky and to navigate through the politics sometimes. I try to stay out of all that stuff. I'm like, I just want to do my job. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like definitely some of my closest friends have come from me. That's been an amazing thing for me. How much does it matter to you the critical or audience acclaim of a movie that you work on? Do you, mm. I, I know you are like a part of it. Do you look at it and go like, you know what? RIPD wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or like is everything has like a special place in your heart because you did work on it uh well you know definitely have favorites i'll be honest that that one wasn't my favorite one to work on <laughs> especially having all my shots cut but mm-hmm. um not all of them that movie was also a special effects gumbo and uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was all effects <laughs> it was all it was a lot of effects yeah so i can work on movies that you know are more geared for kids. Um, and that's cool. My favorite thing is just like finding like the fun part of the shot and animating that and whether or not it's like an Oscar Academy award winning movie or not, that's 
not really. I don't. I mean, it's fun. You know, fun mm, to say, sure. oh, I worked on Snow White and the Huntsman, and that was up for Academy Award. But to me, it's more about like day to day. I'd rather just I just want to work on something fun <laughs> that I'm enjoying. Amen. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> if you if a movie you had worked on won an Academy Award, would you have gotten an Academy Award like personally? Not personally, but I might have gotten to hold one. <laughs> Were you at Rhythm and Hughes when Life of Pi happened, when they won for that? Yes, uh, I was. I, uh, so Life of Pi and Snow White and the Huntsman were going on at the same time. So you were on one of those shows. And so I have a lot of friends who worked on it. Really crazy to see how that, you know, Rhythm and Hughes was up for two Academy Awards for, you know, Best Picture, and they won, obviously, Life of Pi, and then they went bankrupt, like, that same month or the next month. And the people who, who won the, the Life of Pi one held up the uh, the trophy above your head, yeah. taunting you for, yeah. you're on the wrong <laughs> okay, one. No, we did it. Yeah, no, but I have a lot, you know, people, they bring the Academy Award, the they bring it over to the studio, the Oscar over to the studio, and people get to take pictures holding it, which is kind of fun. Mm. Cool. I didn't get to do that, but you know, <laughs> uh, people, you know, people, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what was your favorite scene and or favorite movie that you worked on? Um, my favorite scene that I worked on, my favorite shot that I worked on was in hotel Transylvania too. And it is with Mavis and she's in bed. She's pregnant and she, her Jack is bringing her soup and she's really happy, but she's also like, really hormonal (laughs) so she's like laughing and then crying and laughing and she's like a huge range of emotions and it was really fun she was like touched that her dad brought her the soup and she was happy but then of course made her emotional here just have some monster ball soup it's your mommy's recipe thank you dad just like you made it when i was a kid my favorite So somewhere out there, is there footage of your face as you're kind of like acting through the scene and like crying to see how to animate this? There definitely is. I have it. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I won't ask directly, but I will imply that we have an Instagram account for our podcast. (laughs) I mean, maybe I can send it over to you. Well, oh, I just don't you know, twist any arms, but yeah, that'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you animated both characters in that scene. Yeah, it was mostly just her, and then there were um, the monster balls, so like monster balls. So they're monster balls, and they were <laughs> they were crying too. Right. <laughs> so they were the moving. Thing, yeah, yeah they're in the soup. So I had those guys, but I didn't record reference for that. I just did for her. (laughs) The idea of you playing a monster ball thing in there (laughs) would also have been awesome. Yeah, you'd be surprised the kinds of things that you start animating or record reference for. You're like, wow, this is interesting. Uh (laughs) I saw briefly in your demo reel, but there is from, I think from Snow White and the Huntsman, um, I don't even, I guess, I don't know the Huntsman's name. Chris Hemsworth's self was battling like... (laughs) Basically an Ent-ish yep. sort of thing. <laughs> so at some point in time, were you lumbering around as a giant uh, tree monster? I, I might have been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have reference for that one, but um, I did. I, I know, like, even if I'm not recording reference, a lot of times I'll just get up and stand up and try to, like, act it out 
so I can feel like what my body's doing so that I can know what to put into the animation as far as like where my weight is going or like what my arms are doing. Mm. So even if I'm not recording it, a lot of times we'll just see animators kind of get up, do something and then sit back down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if you put a time-lapse footage on uh, animators uh, workspace, it would be a lot of crazy movements. Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, (laughs) it'd be pretty funny, I'm sure. (laughs) That was a tricky uh, shot, that one that you're talking about in Snow White and the Huntsman, because the camera, you get a camera in in visual effects and in full CG movies, but for visual effects, you have a background plate, and it's what the camera actually shot. So then you have to kind of work within those limits, whereas if you have a camera in a CG movie, you might be able to tweak it. You can tweak it more easily because you have the full CG background, so it's not going to mess anything up. But with that one, with the, where the, if you remember the, I don't know if you remember it, but the shot where it's just the troll and he's like winding up to swipe and then he starts to swipe and it cuts. That camera was way, way, way taller than the troll actually was in the scene. So I had to, yeah. So I'm like, wow, if I put him on the ground in this scene and I had that camera, you can't even see the top of his head. (laughs) So I Mm. had to like kind of animate him, his body to the camera so that it st- it looked like he was standing. Although if you look into a like a perspective view like of the whole shot, because you you can have your main camera that you're working towards, and then you can have other cameras just to see what you're doing around. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Pulled back. Yeah. Like, like so, it's pulled back, thing. and you can see other aspects of the shot, and you would see that he's moving all around like a crazy person. But <laughs> in the shot, it worked. <laughs> so in your reel, there's a scene from Hop. Where like James mm-hmm. Marsden is there mm-hmm. talking to the rabbit. Like when you get it for animation, they've already filmed James Marsden, right? Yep. Yep. And so it. you get him and you have to make the rabbit look like it's looking at him. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or in the uh in the the Mr. Popper's penguins, when the guy comes in the apartment, uh puts his finger out and it gets bitten, I believe, yeah. by a penguin. Yep. You basically have to like animate to his reaction of getting bit, right? Like that's the, right. The beat yeah. has to be like before, because you can't reshoot the the guy getting his hand bit. So you are adjusting the penguin to him, right? That's exactly right. Yep. Man. So I get those those things, and I'm like, okay, so I have to make it look like they're interacting with each other, uh, which is a fun challenge. It's it's cool. That's so interesting. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yes. If someone wanted to get into animation now say they're in high school or going to college and are curious about it or maybe would like to work in that field would you have any thoughts or advice for them or would you say like hey don't do it (laughs) or would you say like no do it but do it this way it's a it's a tough industry you know like you're we're talking about before like long hours and all that so you have to really want it and it takes a lot of practice and you have to be willing to put the hours in it's not an easy industry to be in and animation can be tricky. So if you're someone who is willing to really work hard and um, yeah, then yeah, I would say go for it. It, it is tricky. I won't, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but yeah, I mean going, there's a lot of online schools that focus solely on animation. Um, that was a great help to me. And um, you can make connections. It's a lot about, you know, meeting people. And I think a lot of, I think every industry is probably like that. If you, you know someone definitely they can guide you in that way what is the path or is there a path of upward mobility in animation like is the goal to like work for pixar or to like create an animation studio the animating supervisor that i think 
people go in and they just have a like a passion for animation and some people do like want to work their way up to become a lead and then a supervisor and then some people do become directors and that just like you can if that's your goal then that is a good way of going about it like starting and like learning the industry and um you know working in it and then kind of building your way up some people just want to go and they just want to animate they they want to be a lead and then they're like happy to do that so there's definitely ways that you can move up it's just i think depends on you and your you know what your goals are is working for a studio like pixar desirable for an animator or is i mean sure like if that's like if you are someone and you love pixar movies then yeah absolutely for me i mean like i would love to work at pixar i love their movies i i also love working at sony and blue sky i liked all the places i worked at you know it's cool to work on mm. for me it was more about the projects and like like i was talking about earlier just like the actual shots and the character stuff Valerie, this is less about you and more about me at the moment. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot it back to me for a second. And that is this. Okay. I love AR and I love VR. And I see that you have worked at Magic Leap, which is primarily AR, augmented reality, correct? Yes, that's correct. I've been waiting for <laughs> VR and AR to like go crazy. Is now the time to get in or do I need to wait a little longer? You know, I am... I'm not sure. It does seem like it sh it will be taking off soon, uh, but I don't know. I don't want to guide you in any direction. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't don't want to be wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, I see that like the that Oculus Quest thing, and I'm as a married man, I have to think if my wife comes home from a day of work and sees me in a VR rig. <laughs> do, have I lost respect? And uh, tough to tell. I did tell my husband because he was like. He wanted to get like a VR thing. I'm like, yes. you know, you can get one, but I will mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone can really sneak up and get you. Yeah. It was, I mean, honestly, even without trying, it would be, I would feel like I would, I would like scare him without even meaning to. Well, let it be a, a, a plug for the work of Magic Leap and AR because AR, you can actually see around you. Yeah, that, that is cool. Okay. My, my next question. Okay. Have you seen the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> so at some point in time, I'm assuming what they're going to do when they push this back and re-release it, that they are going to change the character model entirely. Uh -huh. So if you had to imagine yourself as an animator on yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, does that mean that like you have to go back in and redo everything? Or is that like they can change the character model and all of the animation can basically stay the same. Well, I mean, it depends on how much they change the model. If they go making it more like the Sonic that we all know, then... Uh... <laughs> if, they, if they took away the, those very scary teeth, beady eyes, those legs. Henry Cavill, <laughs> Superman, CGI mouth. <laughs> oh, man. Well, then it probably is going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of redoing. Okay, so there would you would kind of yeah. have to go back if they did a lot of changing. They would have to go back to the drawing board as far as they they might they um certain things might just need to be tweaked. But uh, if they if there's pretty drastic changes, but most things probably will need to be redone. I'm guessing. Is some of your hesitation because at some point in time one of your friends is out there is on this and they texted you <laughs> and said, "I have I have d don't answer this." Okay, but in my in my head, I picture someone, you getting a text late at night that says, I've done and created a monstrosity. It wasn't me, <laughs> but I animated the scariest Sonic of all time. I'm so sorry, Valerie, for what I've done. I will fix this. 
Well, I wanted to ask real quickly. I, I didn't uh, explain this to you, Valerie, but typically on our podcast, we do a top five. Wait, okay. you didn't explain this before she got on? I, I put it as a note at the end of the notes, but I forgot to explain it. <laughs> so if you're not prepared for it, it is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how you would be prepared for it because Stephen didn't pass it along. Well, listen, we do a top five, but I was we were trying to think what would be good uh, to have you an animator. And so we thought about doing like the top animated movies, maybe post 2000. So it's not like mm-hmm. fraught with all the old Disney stuff. Because that could get sure. tough mean, to yeah. to passionate. You, it's a passionate yeah, it's love a passionate of Lion too, King right. that I can't I can't <laughs> right now. Do you think Do you think you could pull out the uh, uh, like a three top three animated movies like your favorite? It doesn't have to be ones you've worked on, obviously, but yeah, top three since two thousand. Kind of tough to pick, but I would say my first one. Well, um, no, no, wait, 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 hold on, hold on a second. Okay, this is, okay. This is a sacred time of the podcast. Just kidding. That, that Stephen has deal. told you nothing about. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, so don't feel bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, let's see. Well, we like, or do we I like go to, count down backwards? We like we're to do a countdown backwards. We're going to try to go backwards, and we're okay. going to take turns and each do our number three, our number That's two, right. and then gotcha. our number one. Yes, yes. Okay. And you okay. can have an honorable mentions section if you just like to lump some other ones in there. And if you need okay. a moment, we can give yeah. you a moment. Yes. Because Stephen has okay. given you zero moments. I've given uh, no, no preparation. All right, I have my top one. I, I, I have three and an honorable, honorable mention. Okay, very okay. good. Well, as our special guest, why don't you give us your honorable mention first? My honorable mention is Kubo and the Two Strings. <gasps> yes! I love that movie. It's, it's gorgeous. It's, I just I think it's beautiful, and the story is so good. Oh, man. I'm, I feel like I'm missing out. Nate, have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. I highly recommend it. It's so good. <laughs> watch the watch the time lapse of someone oh, moving the stop motion of man. Kubo moving around. It is. It it's like mind blowing. And there's that like the giant with the t- man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a like a, a flying sort of roachy thing that has all these different legs that they animate in. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's just it's so cool. And like I don't I've never done stop motion animation before. Kind of, it just blows my mind how they do it because it's kind of a it's a whole different thought process I think than CG. Yeah. And it's just gorgeous. Mm. All right, I have an honorable mention, Stephen. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, right. It is as far as a movie, I don't it doesn't quite crack my top 3, but um Valerie, we talked about this when we we did this movie for one of our episodes. Okay, cool. It's I've never seen anything like it before. And I, just for its novel like animation comic uh frames that get shoved in there and just some of its psychedelic awesomeness. Mm. That's yeah. going to get an honorable mention for me just for yeah, I, I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen that one yet because it's been a little busy lately. But um, <laughs> well, you you have a, good, a decent excuse <laughs> bringing life into being. the world. Yes. <laughs> but I definitely want to see it, and I've heard just such great things, and like the clips that I've seen look super cool. Yes, it is worth it. Highly recommend. I am going to have four honorable mentions. Oh wow! Just because, yeah, I mean we. Yeah, there's no limit here, uh, but I'm gonna throw Spider-Man in there because I forgot about it until Nate said it. But I am putting uh, Toy Story three, Finding Dory, and Wally. Oh yeah, in my honorable mentions. Uh, just the storytelling and the emotional side of all those movies. I yeah, subjectively, okay. I'm looking at the story. So yeah, I yeah, those. yeah. All right, well, Valerie, give us give us your number three. It's just as hard, but yeah, I'm gonna go with um, How to Train Your Dragon, the first one. 
Hmm. I really like that movie. It's like a fun adventure story, and I love uh, Toothless. I think he's so cute. My number three is Shrek. Ooh. Shrek. Hmm. Classic. Yes. <laughs> I, I snuck right in after the 2000. I think it might be like a 2002, perhaps. It is still... It still holds yeah. up to this day. So I haven't seen it in a long time. I should go back and watch it. That's a it's a fun one. Absolutely. It's pretty good. It's a good one. Steven, before you go. Yes. Before you go. I need you to for like <laughs> ten seconds, either mm-hmm. take off your headphones because I'm about to call the shot of your top three. Oh my you word. Understand? Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, hold on. Give hold me on, or, no, give me fifteen seconds. Ready? Okay, hold on. And Starting good. now. The answer to Steven's <laughs> top three is number three, Incredibles. Number two uh, is a little bit tricky. I'm going to go with, um, I don't know. Number one is Big Hero <laughs> 6. Oh. oh, no. No. All right, I'm back. I heard, I only heard the last few letters of well i heard the last movie that you mentioned okay wait plug yours for five more seconds i think i found the other one okay hold on and go number three incredibles number two finding nemo number one big hero sex all right let's see (laughs) okay i'm back (laughs) (laughs) so i'll be honest i somehow forgot about big hero six when i what top three (laughs) because the the articles that i was looking at and searching on Google, for some reason, it didn't come up. Oh, and, and I'm afraid that by, it's like time travel. Like, I've gone and disrupted the flow by oh, no. you hearing it. I've in fact impacted the future. Yes. This is just like about time, like the time traveler's wife, all the yeah. movies we've done. Yes. It's all, it's all messed up. But I'll tell you what, if I would have known, it, well, do you want me to do my top three as though I remembered it or as I had it before I heard you say it? I think you, you got to go with what you had. Yeah. Okay. Big Hero 6 would have been my number one. <sighs> or, no, it would have been my number one or two, honestly. Sure. It, would be a, it would be a tough call, but we'll see if you get the other ones. I don't okay. know if you'll I'm ready. get them. For your number three. All right. My number three, and this might be because my daughter has watched this almost every day for the past two months, <laughs> but Despicable Me 2. <sighs> is You surprised me. Yes. I actually, I really enjoy the movie. Yes, my kids have have seen it many times, but I don't know. I I love the first one, but the second one. That's that's a fun one. I just recently watched it. Yeah. It was fun. The purple guy, you know, all the minions turning purple. Yeah. And the relationship he has with his daughters. I like the El Macho character and I like the the lady agent character. I like like it all. I think it's a fun movie. It is a fun one. So yeah, Despicable Me 3. Nice. Well done. All right, well, it's your number two, Valerie. I am going to go with Coraline. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. These oh, are I, all very, these are all very deep nice cuts. animations. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I just, I love that movie. It's so well done. Um, you know, the story is great. I just love the look of it. Um, I saw <laughs> it in 3D. I don't typically go for 3D. It's like not really my thing, but I saw that one in 3D, and I thought it was really well done because you know, everything was kept in the distance. And then when the mother comes out at you in that one scene where, with the spider web, it, like she comes out at you and you're like, whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> I really like that one. Now, are these, these movies that you not only appreciate the animation, but you also love them just as movies? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I have to be honest. I have not seen any of the ones you have called so far. <laughs> we, Sorry. We're kind of in that in that big sellout sort of big movies, and you're like the like the person who likes the really cool like indie rock bands that we haven't mm. heard of. Or by we, right. I mean Stephen. Now wait a minute. <laughs> Do you have Coraline anywhere in your list, Nate? Uh, no, I don't. I don't exactly necessarily. Right. I could pull out Brother Bear. Remember that movie? That's an Aaron Blaze. That's an animator turned director. Speaking that of is. what we talked about yeah. earlier. Oh, that's that good. Is. Good pull. Well, what's, uh, give me your number two then, Nate. I am. I am torn here. I have two, and whatever one I don't choose, it gets kicked out of the top three because <laughs> I wanted to put Shrek in there. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to go Tangled. <gasps> yeah. As my number two. Mm-hmm. And and I just want to let everyone know I'm kicking out The Incredibles, which is Ooh. also Ooh. a shame. That one is so yeah. good, too. Yeah. It's very good. I think Tangled, as far as, like, I think it's solid throughout. I think the, move, I think the music's fun, which is a big mm-hmm. part of that one. I think it's, it's beautiful. The story's touching. I actually, every once in a while, missed up a little bit when her parents and her reunite at it's- the end beautiful spoiler to those who haven't seen Tangled. (laughs) sorry so gorgeous (laughs) well i will take it out of your honorable mentions because it is my number two i'm putting the incredibles there it is a classic i think it is i agree it's a fun rewatch it holds up i love the music and the story and yeah everything about it so it's very good yeah i love it it's so good yeah child (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she's up. <laughs> she was sleeping and that's now she's awesome. up. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, give us your number one, Valerie. Well, my number one is actually Tangled. That's my top oh, one. Yeah. Nice. I think that movie is just so beautiful and the animation is so uh, it's just it's so gorgeous. And um like I just find like Rapunzel, that character, she's so appealing and then the I love the scene where they're out on the water and they have all the lanterns around them and mm. the story's so good. I just and like you said, the music's beautiful. That one's my number one. Nate, Nate is humming the good the choice, <laughs> great choice. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nate. What's your one for my number one? I'm going to go with Finding Nemo, oh. and and here's and here's why. I actually don't think it has. I would watch Tangled over Finding Nemo right now. If you like sat down and gave me like options, I'd probably go Finding Nemo or The Incredibles. I mean. The Incredibles or Tangled over Finding Nemo. But mm. Finding Nemo hit me at just the right time of my life. <laughs> and it, uh, we, we talked a little bit about animation on this episode. Mm-hmm. The yes, water, just a little bit. The water effects above in Sydney and the, like, the beauty of the ocean captured in this movie to me felt groundbreaking. I yeah, thought it was the, the most beautiful thing that I'd seen out of Pixar. Yeah. That gives it, and I, obviously like the, the story is epic as well. I just mm-hmm. don't think, it doesn't quite have as much watchability, uh, repeatability as the others, but I have to give it as props for when it came out, it was the best thing, animated or not, that I saw that year, and probably the years after. Well, Nate, you'll have to tell me if you had my number one in your list. I had Big Hero 6 as number one, so you already ruined that. But what did you? <laughs> what are the other ones you had that I hadn't mentioned Oh, yet? I had the... Inc- well, before we even started recording, I thought Wally, Incredibles, and Big Hero 6 was going to be in there. I had to cross oh, out Wally because you 
honorable mention to me. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I stuffed in I stuffed in Finding Nemo, I think, but Oh, interesting. Well, I'm putting for my number one Boss in, Baby. No, my, my word. <laughs> Kung Fu I couldn't even Panda finish, three. I couldn't uh, finish that movie. Kung Fu Panda uh, is a really good one. It's, I like Kung Fu Panda, yeah. It's sure. actually my favorite Jack Black version. <laughs> when he's just a voice. Yeah. And, oh. and the panda is a, a wonderful goofiness. Yeah. Real real quick, Valerie, did you yes. see Nacho Libre? Uh, I did not see Nacho Libre. Oh, okay, never mind. Never Good. Mind. Good. And you're better and you're better for it. <laughs> Made his strong feelings. Uh, no, mine number one is Inside Out. Oh, that one's movie. so good. Right. That one's yes. so good. I, yeah. I mean, there's so many. Again, it came out 2015, and this was at a point where I had two children already. And so seeing it as a parent was really emotional. Uh, but also just bing bong, uh, disappearing <laughs> is so heart-wrenching. Yeah. And again, like seeing these characters like joy, sadness, and the, the different styles, their different appearances, mm-hmm. knowing the thought that went in behind all those characters, and even the islands of memories and things like that. I just, yeah. it's such a weird, abstract premise yeah. to make a kid's movie, and they still made it work. And uh, I think it's it's still yeah. one of the best. Yeah, that one has such a cool concept that it's like I've never seen that before. And yeah, I agree. That was a really cool one. Well, cool. Well, Valerie, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you so have good. brought legitimacy to our yes. Podunk podcast. <laughs> podunk podcast. I object. But no, you have. Yes, you have brought. Uh, a, you're a light of an episode. It's a great wow. episode sixty. We'd love to have you back to talk about a movie too. Sure. If you ever have a guilty pleasure movie or a movie yes. that you just could watch over and over again, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. We'd love to discuss with you. Well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and uh, if it's a disaster movie, even better. Nope. Aliens. Have it not be that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but disaster movies. Well, if okay. people want to uh, see your work or if you'd point uh, somewhere of yeah. your stuff, is there a place that you point them? Yeah, you can uh, look at my work at www.valshiber.com. That has my um, reel on it and my resume if you want to see that. Yeah. I hope it has that. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Stephen, take these words that I'm about to say and plug them in earlier so it's not anticlimactic. (laughs) But I just rummaged across. I'm looking at all of these animated movies since 2000. And I just want to give a shout out to Chicken Run (laughs) from the year 2000. Wallace and Gromit-esque. Oh man, yeah. it is it is close to my heart. I just want to let everyone know. Put the actually put this after the outro music. Like the, let the this outro. be the credits. If you stay around, you get to hear my glowing <laughs> review of Chicken Run. Right. <laughs>